lust in paradise. Solitary. Who lost what in paradise? Quote, Man has imagined a heaven and has left entirely out of it the supremest of all his delights. The one ecstasy that stands first and foremost in the heart of every individual of his race, sexual intercourse. It is as if a lost and perishing person in a roasting desert should be told by a rescuer he might choose and have all longed for things but one, and he should elect to leave out water. Unquote. By Mark Twain, Letters from the Earth. Turns out, the Garden of Eden wasn't really a garden at all. It was anything but a garden. Jungle, forest, wild seashore, open savanna, wind-blown tundra. Adam and Eve weren't kicked out of a garden, they were kicked into one. Think about it. What's a garden? Land under cultivation. Tended, arranged, organized, intentional. Weeds are pulled or poisoned without mercy. Seeds are selected and sown. There's nothing free or spontaneous about such a place. Accidents are unwelcome. But the story says that before their fall from grace, Adam and Eve lived carefree, naked, and innocent, lacking nothing. Their world provided what they needed, food, shelter, and companionship. But after the fall, the good times were over. Food, previously the gift of a generous world, had to be earned through hard work. Women suffered in giving birth, and sexual pleasure, formerly guilt-free, became a source of humiliation and shame. Although the biblical story has it that the first humans were expelled from the garden, the narrative clearly got reversed somewhere along the line. The curse suffered by Adam and Eve centers around the exchange of the arguably low stress, high pleasure, life of foragers, or bonobos, for the dawn-to-dusk toil of a farmer in his garden. Original sin represents the attempt to explain why on earth our ancestors ever accepted such a raw deal. The story of the fall gives narrative structure to the traumatic transition from the take-it-where-you-find-it hunter-gatherer existence to the arduous struggle of agriculturalists contending with insects, rodents, weather, and the reluctant earth itself. Farmers were forced to earn their bread by the sweat of their brow rather than just finding the now-forbidden fruit and eating it hand-to-mouth, as their ancestors had done forever. No wonder foragers have almost never shown any interest in 
learning farming techniques from Europeans. As one forager put it, why should we plant when there are so many mongogo nuts in the world? Books like this one concerning human nature are beacons for trouble. On one hand, everybody is an expert, being human, as we all have opinions about human nature, such an understanding seems to require little more than a modicum of common sense and some attention to our own incessant cravings and aversions. Simple enough. But making sense of human nature is anything but simple. Human nature has been landscaped, replanted, weeded, fertilized, fenced off, seeded, and irrigated as intensively as any garden or seaside golf course. Human beings have been under cultivation longer than we've been cultivating anything else. Our cultures domesticate us for obscure purposes, nurturing and encouraging certain aspects of our behavior and tendencies while seeking to eliminate those that might be disruptive. Agriculture, one might say, has involved the domestication of the human being as much as of any plant or other animal. Our sense of the full range of human nature, like our diet, has been steadily reduced, no matter how nourishing it might be. Anything wild gets pulled, though as we'll see, some of the weeds growing in us have roots reaching deep into our shared past. Pull them if you want, but they'll just keep coming back again and again. What gets cultivated in soil and mines is not necessarily beneficial to the individuals in a given society. Something may benefit a culture overall while being disastrous to the majority of the individual members of that society. Individuals suffer and die in wars from which a society may benefit greatly. Industrial poisons in the air and water, globalized trade accords, genetically modified crops are all accepted by individuals likely to end up losing in the deal. This disconnect between individual and group interests helps explain why the shift to agriculture is normally spun as a great leap forward, despite the fact that it was actually a disaster for most of the individuals who endured it. Skeletal remains taken from various regions of the world dating to the transition from foraging to farming all tell the same story. Increased famine vitamin deficiency, stunted growth, radical reduction in lifespan, increased violence, little cause for celebration. For most people, we'll see that the shift from foraging to farming was less a giant leap forward than a dizzying fall from grace.